I always wanted to connect with others, but was afraid to because what if they rejected me? I seek shelter in an online world where thanks to it, I made many incredible friends and even met my wife. Now that social media has become a normal part of our lives, it's important to understand that balance is key as it can be a great tool to catch up with friends and news, but it can also become a toxic environment if you're not careful. In this episode, I share how social media has benefited me, but at the same time, I've had some trouble along the way. Welcome everybody to the 11th episode of Happy to Fail, the podcast where we sit down together every Monday, have maybe a cup of coffee though, I wish I had one with me right now, and we talk about life, we talk about making mistakes, we talk about mental health, mental illness, but above everything, how you and me can empower each other to live a happy, healthy, and productive life. My name is Juan Velos, I am from Puerto Rico, and I am a person that lives every day with obsessive compulsive disorder, with generalized anxiety, with depression, and there's days that I'm really good at being able to manage all of that, but there are those days where it is definitely just a little bit more challenging. And when I was growing up, I remember that I was not allowed to have a phone at school. Cell phones were a thing at that moment, but it was still prohibited. But saying that nowadays makes me feel old because it feels like everybody needs a cell phone. You better have a cell phone, otherwise, you're not gonna be one of the cool people, right? And that does have its benefits because ultimately you can use a cell phone to be in contact with people around the world. But if you're not careful, you're always gonna be connected. And then when you factor in my generalized anxiety, I have had those moments where I've had to, to step back because it's too much, too much information. Far too many things are happening in, in real life from politics to just people disagreeing with each other. And I'm not here to talk about what you agree or disagree with. I'm here to talk about how it affects us on an emotional level and just being aware of that. Always remember that this podcast is a personal journal about my life that I hope that by sharing my story, others are motivated to receive help. But if you're somebody that is feeling very vulnerable, don't hesitate to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And if you're in Puerto Rico like myself and you want your support in Spanish and Español, you can contact AMSCA's 24-7 crisis line, known as Lina Paz, at 1-800-981-0023. So to bring some context to this episode in terms of what social media do I use, I mainly use Instagram, which this is going to make me feel older, but much like Snapchat, I didn't really get what Instagram is all about. I saw people posting pictures and it's like, that's cool, but but what about it? But I love the the visual part of it, that even though, yeah, people write their hashtags and they put their pictures and with a little bit of text, it's about which picture you're going to choose, right? I feel like with Instagram, there's a higher standard of picture quality when in contrast or in comparison to uh, Facebook and Twitter, which I also use. But I feel like with Twitter, it's more of a daily catch-up. I use Instagram to tell short stories, whether it be about baking, about video games, or about mental health. It's usually one of those three, except when I go to my Instagram story and maybe sing to a couple of 90s boy band songs, but that's that's another story. And then Facebook is the one that really has changed for me as time has gone by, where 
I sort of use it to, to catch up with everybody else, but I don't really use it that much personally other than just like Instagram to post a picture of food. But think about yourself. Which social media do you primarily use and why? And how much do you use it? Because that can really factor in uh, this situation. I know so many people that live with generalized anxiety that they'll have a, an app installed for a couple of days, but then they'll remove it. They'll be on Facebook, but you'll see that they'll sometimes have a picture, but then they'll remove their profile picture because social media has so much baggage nowadays where you have to be willing to tolerate the likes or the lack of likes. You have to tolerate the retweets or irrelevancy. Maybe somebody honestly doesn't care to follow you and that can be a really big emotional thing when you send out a tweet or write a post about, I'm feeling a certain way, or, hey, everybody, look, I accomplished this, and nobody responds. Much like the previous episode where I talked about ways that I began to share my story about mental illness, I feel a lot of this can apply to just everyday situations. For everything that you put out there, you have to be willing to accept both sides of the spectrum the side where everybody reacts, and the side where nobody reacts. And how are you going to feel about that? Even me, that I'm involved in YouTube channels, I purposely don't look at the analytics too much because those honestly drive me insane. They cause so much anxiety that I prefer to just put content out there and hope that people enjoy it. But if I just become obsessed with that, knowing that I do suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder, that can definitely have its downsides. So let's talk about the benefits that I've had as a result of using social media. The first one is making friends around the world. Going back to, to when I was feeling really bad and I used MSN and AOL and Yahoo Chats, I, I just really make myself feel older and older every episode, don't I? But I use those, right? And I made friends then, that I still keep in touch with now through Twitter, YouTube, uh, Discord, social media is absolutely everywhere, right? But who would have thought that I could be friends with somebody from Canada, somebody from Australia, somebody from Spain, Mexico? And I like to think I have legitimate, real relationships with those people. Maybe not at the same level as the friends that I have here in Puerto Rico, but even my friend in Canada, I remember we, we must have been around 18, 19 years old. We were very economically tight. No, I was been 17, 18. We were very tight economically speaking here in Puerto Rico. And there was one time where he actually brought up, and I don't even think he remembers this, but he asked me, hey, do you need us to send you some money? And I'm like, here's this person that doesn't even use the same currency offering money just because they want to help. I don't think I can really say a lot more to, to justify the incredible benefit that I've had as a result of that. The second benefit is connect with people going through similar situations, especially after launching this podcast. I've had a lot of people write to me via DM or even text messages if they have my phone number, and we can just go back and forth because we have that thing in common, and I'm not talking about video games or wanting to watch movies, but we have similar situations. And this is where hashtags can come in. You know, use hashtag mental health on Twitter and you're going to get specific results. You talk about TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday. And then you see people celebrating Friday, but I use it to my advantage knowing that, hey, 
I can't be the only person suffering through this. Even something as simple as a tech problem. I had some problems with uh, the video and audio versions of this podcast a couple of weeks ago. So I wrote to Adobe, who's the owner of uh, one of the apps that I use, and I had to go back and forth. And we did all of that through uh, social media. My wife and I had to file an, a complaint to the FCC about something that was happening on a local level in Puerto Rico. And we did all of that through social media. So there is a legitimate power to seeking help if you use it accordingly. Another way that social media has helped me is it's allowed me to learn about different interests or different hobbies. I've talked about that I always need to learn something new. Even if I don't like it, I need to be able to understand it, comprehend it, because it, it keeps my mind, it keeps my noggin active, right? So going through social media, sometimes I'll see a picture and I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I'll learn about that and that leads to a new recipe. But on the flip side, I do a lot of retro video game collecting. I love games, video games from the 80s, from the 90s, the early 2000s. And I'll always be inspired by people that I follow, especially on, on Instagram. And we'll go back and forth. And I've had people from around the world. So it ties everything together. It's not that I have people from Puerto Rico. I've had people reach out to me from Australia, Norway, so many different places that are like, hey, you're collecting this, I'm collecting this, but guess what? The, the box art, the cover looks different because of where we are. So it's allowed me to learn about different hobbies and different ways of doing things. Sometimes I'll wanna do a new exercise and I'll search. Once again, I'll use the hashtags and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. So always think about social media that, yeah, you can engage with people you already know, but you can mix all of these together. You can want to learn a new hobby, so maybe you'll use uh, the hashtag fitness. You find out there's somebody on a local level doing something, you then follow them, they follow you, and you become best friends and travel the world. Maybe I got a little carried away, but I think you get the point. And the other way that social media has helped me is just with general communication skills because, as I mentioned, as a person that lives with generalized anxiety, yeah, I do a lot of public speaking, but really, social media has been my testing ground to, does this work? Does that work? How can I engage with this person in you know a very short amount of time? Because people got no time in social media. They always scroll and scroll. So how can I captivate your attention? And I'll learn about that on social media, but then I'll apply it to uh, everyday situations, and it's really been helpful for me. And we've talked about the benefits, but I quickly want to bring up a couple of things that have been damaging to me and are always a friendly reminder that you can have too much of a good thing, and you got to be careful because there's going to be good days, and maybe you're going to be able to power through most of this, but if you're not feeling all that great, then yeah, maybe maybe you turn off Twitter for a couple of days. The first one, any surprise to nobody, is that social media can become a pretty toxic environment, whether it's because of racism. Whatever the case, you have people that are on two different sides that don't necessarily agree with one another. And maybe you have a friend that you follow them because they like the same movies that you do. But all of a sudden, you see, oh, they're writing about this, and I'm totally against that. So does that mean that I'm, I don't want to be their friend? Do I send them a tweet, but maybe they respond back? And things can get very complicated or very convoluted if you're not careful. But it's something that you're going to be naturally exposed to as 
when you go to Twitter, for example, not only do you see the people that you follow, but you see the likes and the retweets that they do. So sometimes I've had people that I follow that maybe they'll, they'll like a, a naughty photo and maybe I'm browsing Twitter at my work break and I'm like, whoa, hey, wait a minute. I don't want to get fired, but I'm not the one searching this. Why do you do that? Maybe that's a person you hit the unfollow button off, but you, you got to tread lightly with this because it's not that you got to be paranoid when you go to social media, but as I mentioned in the previous episode, for every action, there's a reaction and you got to be able to balance all of that. The other thing and very much related is that you're going to be exposed to the real world problems, whether you like it or not. I think I've talked about this on a previous episode, but it's relevant now. When 9-11 happened, I remember it must have been about noon. It was about noon. Yeah, I was in school and they brought all of us together and they said the, the Twin Towers, which I didn't even know what they were at that point, but they told us the Twin Towers in New York collapsed. There was actually a teacher that had a brother working in those towers and I think that person actually did manage to make it out. But I thought about New York and went, wow, New York is super far away, but now I can pull up New York Egypt, Russia, I can pull up everything on my phone. It is, a, it is literally in the palm of my hands. And I can use that for the sake of research, but say you just want to see pictures of cats and dogs, but something is happening that day and you need to disconnect, but you go to social media and everybody's talking about something. I'm not saying that we need to ignore these situations, but they're very much real. And we do have a, a responsibility as a community to help address these in any way that we can. But sometimes we got to cool down. We got to calm down. We got to refuel the tank. And that does mean maybe that day, maybe that day specifically, don't go to Facebook. Maybe on election day, which is a very challenging time for many people, regardless of who you support or believe in, we're talking about the emotional barriers that social media can cause. And I've been affected by all of this. So I'm not talking about hypothetical scenarios. I'm talking about real scenarios that I've had to deal with with myself. Another thing is that sometimes you have your great days where you even take a picture, post it online, but maybe you didn't smile that great, but that day you don't care. Other days you do care about people's reaction to you. And I think that when you talk about instant gratification, look that up, that is that is when you do something and you hope to see an immediate reaction. What if you post that picture because you're feeling a little low and nobody responds? Or worse yet, they respond negatively. Or maybe they do a little bit of discrimination. Maybe somebody racist on Twitter reaches out. They send you a death threat. Are you emotionally prepared to handle that? If the answer is no, then maybe you send the picture to a loved one that'll say you, you look good. This is real, people, because sometimes you're not posting anything and you follow other people because you're happy for them, but sometimes we can't help but envy them. We can't help but look at that and go, damn it, I deserve that. I deserve that job. I deserve that opportunity. And when we're not feeling all that great, we don't necessarily filter out those naughty, those nasty thoughts, and they just go right through and you'll leave a comment, and just like that, you can lose a friend. So to conclude, because this does tie everything in together with social media, with life, for every action, there is a reaction. For every tweet, 
there's a reply. There is an entire thread that people can unleash upon you that can either be something awesome congratulating you, or it can also be something saying, how dare you learn how to write, speak English better. That happened to me uh, playing Xbox Live, playing games online on the PlayStation 3, you know, when my accent was very predominant. And people would just say, hey, here's, I'm, I'm not going to say the words, but you, you have a basic idea if you've gone through similar situations. But always think, why am I following this person? What do I hope to get out of that follow? Oh my goodness, this person followed me. Maybe it's somebody from my job. Somebody that I don't want them to see this part of my life. Not because I'm doing anything bad, but I want to be able to divide that. I have an ethical thing where I never, I never have somebody on Facebook that I supervise. I have coworkers on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram, but if my job is to supervise them, then I don't follow them because it's not healthy for me because if it's Saturday or Sunday and I happen to see a picture about them, even if it's good, I start to think about work. I start to think about the fact that, oh, right, so on Monday, I got to tell them, no, 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 don't think about that. It's Saturday, Juan. It's all about ice cream and eating unnecessary amounts of food. Work can wait up until Monday. So with that being said, I would love to know, how do you use social media? Has it been of benefit to you? Has it been damaging? If you'd like to reach out, happy to fail altogether on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send me an email to juan at happytofail.com. And if this podcast is of a positive influence for you or others, consider leaving a five-star review. And let me know what you think about the show on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and or Facebook. If you do it on all three, I'm I'm going to be really happy about that. I'm, I'm just saying. And I will definitely give you a shout out because it, it is the least that I can do. But in a world that is filled with content, awesome content out there, every, every star, every review definitely helps. So up until next time, thank you for listening, dedicating time out of your day so we can hang out together. And remember that you have the right to live a happy, healthy, and productive life. Take care, everybody.